You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome everybody to a lineup review edition, week seven of the DFS Embedding Podcast here on the ride in. Uh, week 7 treated me well. 80.6% of head-to-heads won. Brings me to 68.4% total on the year. Um, Double-ups were no contest. Easy cash, easy game. Nice to bounce back from last week. 5-2 and two through 7 weeks. In terms of caches, no caches. So the lineup was Geno Smith at quarterback. I mean, if you guys listened to the podcast and the live stream, you probably could have entered this lineup for me. It was Geno Smith at quarterback. It was Josh Jacobs and Kenneth Walker at running back. It was Austin Eckler at running back. The three wide receivers I played were CeeDee Lamb. Chris Godwin, and Wandale Robinson. I played Evan Engram at tight end. We'll talk about that decision in a second. And I played the Jets' defense. So uh, I'm also on the road here, so you know it's going to be a classic uh, windshield wiper, blinker, road rage type event. Um, I try to edit it all out, but, you know, sometimes you could just hear it. So core four was locked in pretty hard. Um, Jacobs, Walker, you know, thought Jacobs' matchup was unbelievable, thought Walker's matchup was unbelievable. Ended up playing CeeDee Lamb and the Jets' defense to round out the core four. Um, Dak just looked like garbage, which was rough for CD. Jets did uh, well enough. And they were, like, massively owned, so it didn't even really matter. Wanted Geno Smith, got him in. Um, you know, it's funny, I was running optimals and I kept getting Joe Burrow, um, kept giving me Joe Burrow and I want to say, I don't know what it was giving me. It kept giving me Joe Burrow, maybe Joe Burrow and Zay Jones instead of like Geno Smith and Chris Godwin or something like that. And I mean, that would have been like a... 30 point difference, but what can you do? So, um, I went CD at at wide receiver. Like I said, Godwin over T Higgins was an easy click for me. Um, even though T ended up, I mean, I'll be honest. I feel like T was a disappointment yesterday. Joe Burrow throws for 400 plus and T Higgins only has like 13 or 14 drafting points. That's not great. Um, Boyd and Chase, dominated him so I was kind of I feel like I was kind of in the right there even though you know he did do well in terms of overall raw points um I just think Godwin is you know such has such a higher floor than Higgins um especially since I think Godwin is the top target there like I know Evans gets a ton of targets there are games where Evans gets more targets but Higgins really does have to fight off a bunch of pass catchers to get his work. So I I liked the move to go to Godwin there. 
Um, if you listen to the live stream, I talked myself into Wandale. He earned four targets on 15 snaps last week. And the Giants were saying that he is going to get ramped up this week. He's going to play more snaps in the press conferences. So I assume that, you know, even if he plays, like if he's getting, even dial it down to, you know, one target every seven routes. If he ends up playing a normal complement of, you know, 60 snaps, runs 50 routes, that's seven targets. He played unbelievable. He had all of his fantasy points in the first half. Then he got injured, um, grabbed his inner thigh. I don't know if he got, most people on Twitter saying he got kicked in the sack, but that kind of subsides after a little while. Um, And he did come back into the game in the second half, but he didn't look himself. He wasn't as spry, wasn't coming out of his breaks, and didn't really earn much of a target. I don't know if he earned a target in the second half, Uh, but he ended six for 50, which is what he went into halftime with. And uh, that was a little disturbing. Didn't love that. But he got there anyway with the 11 points at 4.4K or 4.5K. Eckler was a smash. Um, Without Josh Kelly, I just thought, you know, he was going to have... He was going to go from, like, playing 50% of snaps to 60 or 70 and just see all those touches. He just... He smashed. I think when my all the running backs that I played combined, and it was a popular three running back play, Eckler, Jacobs, Walker, I think they combined for 110. I mean, the cash line was 150-ish. And when the, those three running backs combined for 110, you don't have to do much in the other spots. Um, thankfully, I got there because the other spots really didn't do much else. All, you know, the other six spots basically averaged 10 points a piece to get me to 171 or something like that. So I listened to my my own podcast, believe it or not. I listened to that back and I listened to the live stream back while I'm making my lineups from 12 to 1. And I think this is like a really good thing to do. If you are someone who jots things down, doesn't jot things down, I would do that like as you're thinking about them because when you go back to make lineups, you can definitely remember things that you were thinking. You know, as I analyze a slate, sometimes I forget about things that I, I'm thinking. Something Sometimes I say things that I don't necessarily have on paper anywhere. So I like to listen to myself analyze the slate while I make lineups. And um, the, the 2v2 that my lineup came down to was, you know, a 5K receiver or a receiver near 5K versus Wandale Robinson. And then on the then on the other spot it was Evan Engram versus a punt tight end like Doltich, um, Kate Otten, Foster Moreau. Or or like I don't know who was calling the game yesterday, but they're calling him Foster Morrow. Like they wanted more offense. Foster Morrow. I like Foster Moreau better. Anyway, as I listened back to what I was saying and I said it multiple times on both um, on both recordings. I said that I'll probably punt a tight end this week, and you know, like like when we always punt a tight end, we'll probably end up with a goose egg. We'll probably end up with a bagel. We'll probably end up with a zero. Every time we punt at somebody under three k, we get a zero. So that's probably what'll happen. 
this week. So I heard myself say that multiple times and I thought to myself, you know, maybe I don't have to punt at tight end. Maybe these guys are going to get goose eggs. You know, can, do you really have a lot of faith in Foster Moreau or Kate Otten, et cetera? And when I got to Evan Engram, I said something like, he's a catch and fall down tight end like Jason Witten, like he's turning into Jason Witten. However, you know, he has 12 catches or 14 catches, whatever it is in the last three weeks. He's probably a lock for three to four catches at the very least. He just doesn't do anything with them. So when I thought about it, I thought, you know, who is going to get me eight to 10 points guaranteed? It's probably going to be Evan Engram. Do I think Wandale Robinson is much worse of a play than Romeo Dubs, than DJ Moore, than Curtis Samuel, than all of the guys that I was considering in that 5K range? And it, the answer was no. I was actually pretty confident that Wandale Moore was going to play well. So I was, you know, I thought that Robinson was equal with those guys. Um, he ended up not being equal with. DJ Moore. That would have been the nuts if I picked DJ Moore and probably Kate Otten, but didn't happen. That was like the ceiling. But I did pick right in terms of not playing Romeo Dubs or some of those other guys at 5K that did not get to 11 points like Wandale did. And it was pretty much a wash at tight end, right? Evan Ingram, Kate Otten, Dulcich, uh, Foster Moreau, they all pretty much scored around 10 points. I think Foster Moreau was like six, five or six points, but really wouldn't have mattered in the grand scheme of things. I do want to talk about tournaments though for a little bit. That's it. That's the end of cash. It was a pretty smash week. We, we advanced to five and two. Let's keep on trucking. I do want to talk about tournaments because my normal MO in tournaments is to play single entry or three max, um, small field, right? Like I try to find at at least under 2,000 entrants, but but more so I like to pick out the ones that have like 600, 400, 800, you know, where I don't have to have the absolute nuts to, to hit a lineup. But because I do that, I only play three, four, five, at the most like six tournament lineups a week. And... I end up, you don't end up getting combinations like you should when you only play that many lives. And you don't need to, right? Because you're only playing against like a few hundred, a few hundred um, other people. But at the same time, it just aggravates me a good bit. Um, when I have like a lineup, I had a Joe Burrow and Chase lineup, um, but I chose Brees Hall in my Joe Burrow lineup instead of, now I have Jacobs, I have, I have Ken, Ken Walker, I have, um, Austin Eckler, I have, who else did I play that did well? Somebody else at running back that, that did well. And none of them were in my Burrow and Chase lineup. Um, and then I have, you know, Ken Walker and, uh, Jacobs in a lineup and I pair them up with, you know, Geno Smith and DK Metcalf. So it's just what I'm what I'm getting at is I think I'm going to drop down in stakes and try to play a 20 max or a or a 150 max or something 
where I am going to do a little bit of a of an experiment maybe next week or two. I'm going to probably keep the same pool of players like the same I'm pretty tight in terms of my player pool but I also I, I probably won't do this now that I'm talking it through but it is something to think about if you're someone that plays it's a good exercise to think about and maybe I will do it I don't know I'm just talking I'm just talking through stuff here maybe I will do it maybe I won't do it it's really not my style to play like more than six or eight lineups but maybe I will try a 20 max and that way you know if a guy's in my player pool the odds are you know I have a pretty solid combination where you know if I'm hitting on a quarterback and I'm hitting on a running back and I'm hitting on a wide receiver and I have a hit tight end that at some point they are in the same lineup somewhere um because my results in tournaments on the main slate, now I already have, I have a pretty solid cash or two on showdown, but on the main slate, I think my cash lineup, two weeks, two weeks out of the seven, my best lineup has been my cash lineup, and those have been my best tournament hits for only like five or six X so far this year. So not a great start in tournaments, full disclosure. Um, I play enough cash that that doesn't really matter. But at the same time, it's really frustrating to not be able to put all the pieces together in these tournament lineups. May experiment with a little bit of an expanded amount of lineups entered to try and hit um, on a combination that I just, you know, that I should be hitting on. Because I'm picking all the right players. That does not mean I'm going to play more plays, right? That doesn't mean I'm going to 150 max and not uncheck anybody in the optimizer and hope that it hits something. It just means that I'm going to expand the amount of lineups that I play and that I am going to try to... Same player pool, maybe add one or, one or two extra guys per position, but try to cover some bases within that player pool a little bit better. Let you know how that goes. All right, I hope everybody cashed. It seemed like a pretty straightforward week. I mean, I think the only way you wouldn't have is if you chose like DK Metcalf over T Higgins or, you know, you chose Brees Hall over Ken Walker or something crazy like that. Not crazy, but something like that where you just made one play that just didn't if you didn't have those three backs, maybe, you know, if you played one of the a different back than those three, could have you could have been in trouble. Um obviously if you didn't play Burrow, you were at a disadvantage to start. But most I think it was I think it was definitely you were definitely able to overcome not playing Burrow, that's for sure. With all the the good plays that hit at four o'clock. Trust your process. We'll keep chugging along. I'll talk to you in week eight. See ya.